Vale, 35,000, I think, is the current figure. Although uh, the United Nations are warning the death toll may double. A week on from the earthquake, Turkey and neighbouring Syria are still coming to grips with this natural disaster, the worst in the region's history. The disaster comes at a uh, fateful time for the region. Turkey will go to the polls as early as May, and in Syria, the quake comes on top of a a 12-year-long conflict that has already displaced millions. Mustafa... Aioli is a Turkish writer and journalist. I have to say, you've seen his uh, his work in uh, almost every famous uh, journal in the world, and he's senior fellow at the Cato Institute in Washington D.C. Thanks for coming on. A week on, what do we know about the scale of the catastrophe? Thanks for having me, Philip, and for your thoughts. I mean, the. The Turkish government come now calls it the disaster of the century, and and I think that's mostly true. Turkey has seen earthquakes before, but this seems to be the most destructive one ever. Uh, the death toll, as you said, is like close to thirty five thousand now, but it can be more. Uh, people are still counting the dead under rubble. Uh, there's of course great damage in northern Syria as well, and and. Uh, it's it's a major thing that major event that will shape for Turkey's future as well. It's a country that was already politically and economically going downhill for several years under a populist government with very authoritarian tendencies. Now with this natural disaster, it's really adding a lot to the toll. And it's a dark time. Erdogan has said that uh, the earthquake is part of fate's plan. That sort of fatalism isn't uh, actually reading the room very well. Yeah, he said that to one of the earthquake survivors who was, of course, complaining to the government about their reaction or how, how much they could help. That language is there in Turkey among the ruling elite under Erdogan's government. Like when something like that happens, they say, Oh, it's fate. And yeah, they, they refer to sort of fatalism. Uh, and of course, I mean, earthquake is in a sense beyond human control. So you can maybe refer to it. But, uh, but I mean, whether, whether they responded well, that's not fate. Whether Turkey has been really uh, good in uh, fixing buildings that are really dangerous in such a situation, that's not fate. Whether the government imposed the uh, the construction codes that it has to, Turkey's had any number of earthquakes. In fact, they uh, one effectively got it again into uh, into power in the first place. But this roundup of uh, of developers of builders could be seen as blame shifting, Mustafa. Yeah, of course. I mean, builders do what they do, and there are if there are individual builders who made it building particularly bad because he didn't want to put enough iron bars into it. Those people have to be gone after. But yes, it's ultimately the government's authority to uh, make sure that buildings are safe because Turkey is in an earthquake zone. And that was a lesson from 1999. Earthquakes got him into power, didn't they? That 99 earthquake, he was seen as a, a vital and young energetic figure a great potential leader. 
That's true. In 1999, there was yet another big earthquake. Compared to this one, now actually it looks less deadly, but it killed 17,000 people. That was also a huge disaster. And the government at the time was not used to things like this, so it was distant memory, the, the one before that. They didn't do very well. And yes, Erdogan came into power as this mayor who did pretty well in Istanbul, who's competent, and he was promising European Union accession process, so some even some liberal reforms. And despite the fact that he's a religious conservative, a lot of liberals believed in him at the time. And uh, he did well in the early years, but the more he stayed in power, the more he got disinterested in reform and rationality and more in building his power and 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 a growingly nepotistic and growingly corrupt government appeared, and very arrogant too. Mustafa, so, that the 1999 earthquake prompted the introduction of earthquake taxes to provide economic support after disasters and establish more rigorous building standards. Well, the economic support may exist, but those rigorous building standards didn't happen. Exactly. And now people are asking those questions. What happened to those taxes? Were they used efficiently? And unfortunately, the problem with the current Turkish government is that it is so centralized and in, in, in many ways it is so not transparent that you can't ask these questions. If you ask these questions too much, the answer will be, don't worry, our great leader knows everything and he does it everything right. And, and there is not a rigorous media to question these issues. So we're seeing... In the one hand, I mean, this is a huge disaster. No government could handle this easily. We should give them that. But also, a lot of people think that in the reaction of the government, which was quite late in the first days to save people under rubble, we're seeing, we have seen a bureaucracy that has become not competent because it's been packed with just loyalists who are even not good <laughs> in their job. And, and, the, and the country has not been transparent, so... What happened to the to tax about the earthquakes? What about all the local permissions given to these companies? People couldn't ask these questions because there was nobody to ask. So Erdogan has used the central bank, the treasury, the judiciary to pursue his agenda. And uh, as you say, it puts him out of reach. However, he will be up for a re-election come May the 14th. Will that, however, be postponed? Can he use the disaster as an excuse to procrastinate? Nobody knows the answer to that right now, Philip. I mean, it's not being discussed because everybody's discussing the shock of the earthquake. But yes, that's a major question. And this is this election would be probably the most historic ever for Turkey because if Erdogan gets this as well, four more years of the same would be would drag Turkey down towards a path of authoritarianism and and incompetence basically uh how this will affect the elections probably there's ang anger against the government among many people but the government's loyalists are just thinking our great leader has done wonderfully and it's just lies and conspiracies against him so he still has a base um, so it will be a tight election. Whether he will try to use this to postpone it, nobody knows. Maybe he can. That can add to the chaos and anxiety in the country. But Mustafa, I've read uh, stuff of yours which points out that the National Alliance, the opposition, is disorganised. In fact, still hasn't come up with a candidate for the presidency. So you've got a an opposition party which is in 
well, it's in chaos and isn't looking too good with this uh, hypothetical election rapidly approaching. And the nation's third biggest party, the pro-Kurdish HDP, also faces a parliamentary ban for alleged links to uh, Kurdish militants. Can you give me a sense of life in Turkey before the quake? What was the state of the economy, for example? Turkish economy has been going downhill for quite a while because Erdogan turned the economy into a testing ground for his an eccentric theory that he himself believes in. Uh, he believes that you should always lower the interest rates of the national currency and which will always do wonders. What rather happened is that his obsession with that and his pressure on the central bank led to huge inflation and Turkish lira lost its value against the dollar 10 times over the past 10 years. Turkey has become really impoverished in that sense. Uh, add to that the uh, issue with refugees. I mean, there are a huge number of refugees in Turkey and Turkey should be welcomed for welcoming them or congratulated for welcoming them. But Turkey has been already tense and now with this disaster, things are looking bad for the near future. Erdogan will certainly still keep on his propaganda and win the elections. Uh, we will see whether he can do that, whether he will try to postpone the elections because of this. Uh, but one thing I should say is that despite everything, Turkey has a robust opposition. There are people who believe in a democratic country. There are people who believe that would be a member of the European Union or have a Europe European-like democracy at some time. And I think the, the international community should not lose hope in them. There is a still difficulty getting aid across the Turkish border to Syria. The UN estimates that 90% of Syria's population of 18 million were already living in poverty. Now with the catastrophe of the earthquake, that becomes unimaginably worse. Mustafa Akyol, a Turkish writer and journalist and senior fellow at the Cato Institute in Washington, D.C. Stream any ABC radio station live and on the go. Discover new podcasts, music and audiobooks, all free on the ABC Listen app.